Hello and welcome to this edition of Political Profundity, Modern Times Magazine's podcast on the political world. John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hi, Karen. Hi there. We've had an interesting couple of weeks with the whole Brett Kavanaugh um, confirmation or, or, or I guess, uh, rejection. Um, we're still there. Um, Friday, um, early afternoon, in, uh, Arizona, California time. Um, and there's been a last-minute surprise change, I guess. Um, um, now uh, he left the Judiciary Committee 11 to 10. Um, now has gone to the full Senate um, with a possible uh, FBI investigation uh, coming, whatever that means, maybe more uh, testimony from um, some of the other um, um, women who have some um, accusations to make. Um, Karen, the whole thing has been kind of an up and down, crazy start and stop uh, week, um, and especially the past 24, 48 hours. Um, your initial thoughts on that whole rigmarole? And then Washington D.C. Where to begin? Yes, where to um, begin? Well, as I, I've said on a previous podcast, the reason Trump wanted Brett Kavanaugh was already suspect to begin with. Number one, you know, and just from the, the introduction of him when. Kavanaugh, like Ronnie Jackson, gave this flowery, just unbelievable description of of Trump. You knew right away that somebody in Trump's administration had written that. So that just already was, again, highly questionable. And then... About now, what is it? About roughly three weeks ago. I, you know, we're we're just living in such a surreal age, John. It's honestly difficult at times to even ha- keep a proper timeline of what's going on in our country. But I, I, I think from the moment these allegations became public, in terms of when you know, Fiance, Diane Feinstein did have this this letter from Dr. Ford and and when you know it finally was made public for various machinations you know you knew that this the GOP had just suddenly assumed from the beginning which this guy's going to be voted on quickly and he'll be on the court by October with absolutely no real acknowledgement of how worried people already were not only because they believed that he would be that fifth vote to keep Trump from being indicted right. if if the entire Russian collusion investigation ended up before the court because Trump was going to be subpoenaed, but he wouldn't cooperate. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to, I, you know, I'm sort of haltingly explaining this because, again, this whole, this whole thing has just been a cluster F. <sighs> but now here we are weeks later after these allegations have been made public, you saw the stories that Dr. Ford, Christine Blasey Ford is her full name, talked about in terms of how one day in a bedroom, Kavanaugh tried to attack her, tried to take her clothes off when they were teenagers, uh, put his hand over her mouth. You know, it's hardly playful, uh, boyish behavior. And, of course, Kavanaugh denied it. You know, and you saw, I, I think a week or two, some GOP senators even though they weren't really wavering, but you could hear it. If you read between the lines, 
reading and hearing not being the same thing, but you sense that maybe some of them realize this guy is a lot more problematic uh, than perhaps first believed. Mm. Yeah, it, it... Um, and you've had, I'm sorry, the only real quick thing I want to say, you, you know, you've had a lot of public outrage over this. Uh, there are poll after poll showing most Americans don't think this guy should be confirmed. Uh, especially women don't think he can be confirmed or should be confirmed. And, and, and so this is just, this is, I mean, last year when Neil Gorsuch was put on the court, and again, many would argue that's the seat that the Republicans stole from President Obama, i.e. Merrick Garland. But there was, a, you know, like him or not, Neil Gorsuch, there weren't these concerns about him right. at all, that right. he had had a history of trying to sexually assault women. And, you know, there were certainly some flashes of concern about his record in terms of how he's voted in the past or ruled as a judge. But, you know, he was confirmed, and that was that. And, uh, you know, he's not apparently not too popular with the court, but it doesn't matter. He's there. You know, and it was... You know, so I just... We're looking at two very different scenarios, and a guy who's really got a lot of problems. Yeah, and, you know, there has been a lot of talk about, you know, how it relates, and it seems similar to a lot of people to um, the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill um, situation, Mm -hmm. but as... um, It it, it doesn't really seem to be... Those aren't equated. um, Just because of the difference in a lot of things, it seems like everything's, uh, you know, today is a, a little bit... You know the 1980s and 1990s on steroids, and this is this is no different. Um, uh, you know the allegations are higher, the the level is higher. If you know anybody could believe that, um, who went through uh, the Hill Thomas um, situation, but it's there. Um, but you know, I mean, today was uh, and 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 even yesterday, there seemed to be a a a, a possible opening with Senator Jeff Flake, um, our leaving uh, senator here from where we're based in Arizona, at least I am in the magazine, is. Um, so for him today to at least do anything which changed the dynamic, um, he did vote to let it leave committee, but then basically held his vote out until FBI investigation could happen. Um, now you would assume... Um, that there's not going to be any further testimony from any of the other accusers um, unless they're going to be fully within the Senate because that's now that it's left the committee. Um, but there's going to be an invest- FBI investigation, assumingly, into the other allegations as well. Um, but it's it stopped it from being um, a shoo-in, which it seemed like yesterday, that no matter what seemed to happen at the, at the Judiciary Committee yesterday, um, that the Republicans were going to tow a party line based upon simply um, that he was a Republican nominated by a Republican president and they were going to vote him in no matter who testified yesterday and no matter what anybody said, it seems like. I mean, when you have when you have a bunch of you know, a group of people who were refusing to hear that sort of evidence that was presented yesterday and it doesn't make them waver at all, you assume it's just going to go all the way through. And that's what I thought waking up this morning is that we were going to see this slow motion process and know that it's going to be passed, um, you know, whenever the Senate gets around to voting it in heck, heck, they could have done it this afternoon. Um, but now that has changed with what, uh, you know, Flake threw out there. And, um, you know, we had talked about it before the podcast. Who knows, you know, whether they just knew they, they, they didn't have the math um, to actually get the, you know, the 51 that they need um, somehow. 
um, which of course there's a lot of different moving parts to that 51. Um, but if they knew they, they didn't get it there, then it gave, you know, the, uh, and that would mean that it w- couldn't just be flake. There had to be other people that were out there thinking something because if flake went the other way, um, uh, Mike Pence would just break the tie. But a you know really big day, a change to that. Uh, does that do you think that you know where where do you think it is among the senators as a whole? Do you think that there's um, do do they have the fifty one there and that's why that happened? I mean everyone's speculating at this point. But what's your what's your take on the on on what Flake did today? What ended up happening with it? And then uh, Kavanaugh's uh, you know potential in the uh, full Senate. Well, I, I mean, I think if you followed any of this, and it, you know, a lot of this is this palace court intrigue, and uh, when, you, when you read about these kinds of debates or when senators are talking privately and one of them suddenly changes his or her mind, but clearly we saw earlier this morning Flake said, yes, he was going to vote Kavanaugh out of committee. Portably, Chris Coons, the senator from, uh, he's Connecticut, right? Forgive me for not remembering Sorry. Um, or I'm, I'm sorry, I think it's Delaware. Excuse me. He's the senator from Delaware. He He's a very close friend of Flake's, and he reportedly was pretty angry with Flake. So they, 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 he took him into a room and they talked. What, we don't know. It may be, Chris Coe said, look, buddy, do you want to destroy your legacy once and for all, or do you want to do the right thing here? But I'm speculating. Then there was also footage, you know, we saw a video of, of sexual assault survivors confronting Flake in an elevator. Right. And, and you know, the funny thing is, you looked at Flake's expression from the morning on, he, the man looked really morose. For somebody who seems to be, you know, so confident that Kavanaugh's a good enough nominee, he, he really doesn't look very happy. Yeah, well, and he was also the only one yesterday saying, and when we have this clip to play later, but he was the only one saying, hey, there's there's doubt, you know, I mean, you can't, you know, he was trying to point out, I think, and, and that was sort of my point, he was the only one saying, hey, there's something here, I mean, there's obviously an issue, um, I don't think, and, and you know, with, you know, some of the things that, you know, we'll play the Lindsey Graham clip too, and, and what almost every other Republican on that committee seemed like yesterday is that they didn't take any of it as truth. Like, yeah, they listened. They said they had sympathy. But then when it came to it, they were just like, we don't believe it. I mean, I guess. I mean, they were just thoroughly then raging on how it was partisan. Well, if that's true, then, you know, if you believe um, anything, I mean, even if there's any sort of idea in your mind that it was possible, doesn't that give you pause? And, you know, he was the only one that, of the Republicans, I mean, obviously there was steadfast opposition on the Democratic side, but he was the only Republican to even say, hey, didn't you just see what I saw? Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, this would, we've seen this many times since 2017 and with Donald Trump and what the GOP wants, it usually comes down to one or two Republican senators who might be willing to vote with Democrats. Might. Now, Flake has never done that. He has sadly voted for everything Trump wanted, including the last Supreme Court justice, and to repeal ACA, and this dreadful tax cut that is only a cut for the very wealthy and corporations and not the rest of us. Um, 
But, you know, it's him, it's, it's Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Susan Collins of Maine, and Susan Collins has, when she was a no on the ACA vote, as was Murkowski last year, and maybe one or two Trump cabinet picks. But otherwise, they've gone along with it. But I, I think the pressure on them, too, right now must be enormous. Because Collins is up for real. I mean, I don't mean to switch it from Flake, because we know retiring, no. and really would have nothing to lose here. Right. By doing the right thing, or at least, you know, maybe not necessarily looking like a Trump toady, especially considering that he has criticized the guy for good reason on more than one occasion. Um, it's basically why he's retiring, is what he said. Right. Well, because he couldn't get reelected. I think, frankly, he'd lose the GOP primary. Uh, you know, I don't know if it were him, Joel Pyro, and Kelly Ward again. I, he might squeak through. But, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, Susan Collins is up for re-election in 2020, and looking at her approval ratings right now, they're they're not too good. Um, and, you know, she doesn't really have any, uh, I mean, she can go be a lobbyist, but she's not going to have any political career. She was supposed to run for governor this year in Maine, and that didn't happen. And, you know, we don't know why, but, and then Murkowski, who's up for re-election, not up for re-election, I think, till 2022, but she's got a problem in terms of Native Alaskan opposition. Kavanaugh, and has, that has to deal with some of his rulings on land sovereignty and things of that nature. So they're the ones, and then you have two Democrats in deep red states, Joe Manchin, West Virginia, and Heidi Heitkamp. They're both up for re-election, and they're both, I guess, holding their own right now. But I will say this, if they decide to vote for this guy, they're going to piss off an awful lot of those Democrats right. that they need to win. Yeah. And here's the funny thing, I'd love to tell them, it won't matter how much you vote with Trump. The Republicans in your state are not going to support you. So, yeah. wake up. Mm. Um, so, I, I, I just think Jeff, Jeff Flake, to me, is he's really just such an odd character. I, here is somebody, clearly, as I said, doesn't like Donald Trump, knows that he's a cancer on this country, and yet has continued to rubber stamp a lot of his agenda, even though he, he looks like he's miserable 95% of the time. You you wonder, is it because he's worried about having a cushy lobbying job when he leaves, and unless he's shown enough loyalty to Trump, he will not be hired anywhere? And, I mean, there's talk where he's going to run for president, and, you know, it'd be great if he beat Trump in a primary, sure. I, I, I don't know if that's possible. Um, so it's I, I, I think to some degree there may, if I had to, I think Jeff Flake might really be feeling guilty about all this and wants to somehow try to do the right thing, but without going too far. Now, uh, you know, history teaches us in the realm of politics, strategies like that, sometimes they work, more often than not, they don't. Hmm. Um, but look, good for him, and I will say it, for saying we need to slow this down. The FBI has to take a look at this before we do anything else, before you'll get another vote from me. Um, and I and it's Neil Manchin, Hyde Camp, Murkowski, and I, I think Collins are on board with him in that. That does also, I mean, I'm going around the long way explain this. It, it does show that there might be some wavering on their part about Kavanaugh. They might realize that this is, you know, this may it may not be worth it, even for all the wrath they're going to get from Trump, from his toadies, from the base, et cetera, to just be a rubber stamp on Kavanaugh. But again, we, this is going to be a long week where we're going to learn things, and 
you know, in a few days, maybe there'll be a clearer picture about where this nomination goes. Again, this just the matter this morning was so crazy. Yeah, I, I was a... just—it was like a ping pong, you know, like a, a pinball machine. <laughs> the way the issue was uh, flipping from one, uh, you know, one. You know how everything was changing from one moment to the next. Yeah, yeah I think mean, it was almost dizzying watching it today. But here, that's where we are now. And I, I just think, I think some of these senators, the ones who might be persuadable to vote no, you know, they're definitely going to be here paying very close attention, obviously, in the next week to seeing what is revealed. And if it reveals worse things about Kavanaugh, if I had to speculate, and I may be proven wrong, I, I suspect those senators might be a no vote. Yeah, and you know, no matter what anyone wants to get at, we we I think what is undeniably clear here is that there, um, the testimony yesterday and the hearing yesterday changed the this the, the status. It was a it's going to be remembered um, as a historical point, um, probably for decades. Um, it it really got there. It changed the the trajectory of his nomination. Um, and you know we still don't know, but it obviously did change, and it was it was like you said, it was like a uh, a surreal day. It seemed like it wasn't um, possible that 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 this was going on. Really, um, you ready to go to uh, some of the highlights, and we can kind of um, you bet give our input on what happened um, yesterday. This that 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 day that ended up bringing about um, the stoppage. <laughs> really, it did. Um, um, so here we go. Uh, let's uh, let's take clip number one, and this is uh, Dr. Ford's um, opening statement. Right. I am here today not because I want to be. I am terrified. I am here because I believe it is my civic duty to tell you what happened to me while Brett Kavanaugh and I were in high school. I have described the events publicly before. I summarized them in my letter to ranking member... Feinstein, and again in a letter to Chairman Grassley. I understand and appreciate the importance of your hearing from me directly about what happened to me and the impact that it has had on my life and on my family. Well, it seemed um, it started off, you could tell right away, the first time I heard her speaking, you knew that she was going to be believable because she just seemed... um, you know, to be really uh, having to do what she felt like was necessary. She didn't seem like it was um, any sort of, I mean, you know, credible witness, uh, you know, very credible testimony, don't you think? I mean, it, I did. I did. I mean, the woman, her voice obviously was shaky and, and she probably was terrified. Can't blame her on that. But I, during the questioning from, uh, her name is Rachel Mitchell, right? The uh-huh. Arizona sex crimes prosecutor. <laughs> Sorry. She, she really didn't, uh, you know, the attempts I know, and look, Mitchell was not there to be any neutral party. She was there to sort of damage Ford, frankly. And, and uh, you know, one quick thing about Rachel Mitchell, halfway through this, they jettisoned her. Because then they realized, oh, wait a minute, maybe she's not quite, you know, going to be the... Uh, the, the antidote to, uh, you know, for Kavanaugh, we thought. So that was just bizarre. But yeah, we, no, you know, that I, whole thing I was. Think, I mean, I don't even think that what you said. I just think they realized the ship is sinking. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 
so it was all quite extraordinary. But I, for, you know, and look, when all of these allegations first came to light, I mean, I, as, as any journalist would be and as any person should be, I was somewhat skeptical. Um, I mean, again, I had problems with Kavanaugh for other reasons. And mainly the so whole I, Trump connections, the idea well, right. of, of really kind of, uh, you know, his uh, uh, what he had done coming up that you can't these Supreme Court possible questions of Trump. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's tainted. Um, but and, and the more I read about it, that, you know, her what she talked about. And then, of course, we had a second accuser come out. Uh, remember another thing too. Let's let's jump, you know, to to refresh everybody's memory. When Ke- the Trump administration talked about Kavanaugh and talked to him about to, went to Mitch McConnell, McConnell, and I suspect he was trying to signal to them that he, you know, for all we knew, maybe McConnell knew about Kavanaugh's background as well, because he said, "I'm not sure we have the votes to get him through." That should have been a huge red flag right then and there. But no, they pressed on. Um, yeah, and there's another clip but, that we're going to play later that 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 kind of leads to that whole what they should have known or what they did know. Um, even the Republican side. I mean, obviously they're saying he was a choir boy. No one ever heard any bad things about him. And I think um, any kind of credible uh, investigation would have shown that there was a possibility that that wasn't the case. But uh, you know, I, well, just the other thing I want to say about Ford, she never wavered. Um, she didn't. You know, there weren't any sort of uh, outbursts. There weren't, you know, there was just a woman who was plainly telling her story and seemed to be able to corroborate, for, you know, it's from what I could see. Yeah, and you know... Maybe you have a different opinion. A lot of, of you know, corroborate the story and, and not and not uh, falter. And going so back to... definitely came off as credible. Right, and going back to uh, Mitchell compared to Ford... Um, it, especially when she gave those answers about uh, how, how memories are stored. She seemed like the expert witness, and the prosecutor seemed like, I don't know, um, I don't know, some some bureaucratic backroom investigator um, who looks over tax returns. Uh, she looked very dispassionate, um, and that's what the uh, folks like Lindsey Graham brought. But um, Brett Kavanaugh then uh, came up. And as I had seen him previously seem more like somebody who was just evading, um, he went on the attack. Um, and let's um, play, um, and, and, and didn't just go on the attack, almost, you know, was wavering from being on the attack to crying at the same time. Um, and we can talk about that. Let's play that clip. I have been a good judge. And for this nomination another FBI background investigation, another American Bar Association investigation, 31 hours of hearings, 65 senator meetings, 1,200 written questions, more than all previous Supreme Court nominees combined. Throughout that entire time, throughout my 53 years and seven months on this earth until last week, no one ever accused me of any kind of sexual misconduct. No one ever, a lifetime, a lifetime of public service and a lifetime of high profile public service at the highest levels of American government and never a hint of anything of this kind. And that's because nothing of this kind ever happened. 
that was the tamer parts of his um, arguments. Um, but still, he was, even from the beginning, looked like um, he was very emotional. He was very agitated. Um, just basically saying it never happened. He had had all these background checks, and, and nobody ever said anything like this ever happened. Um, does that then change anything? It's it, it seems more like lawyerly obfuscation again um there's um you know from what dr ford had said she really hadn't really made it public but if somebody is going to become a supreme court justice he thought that that was enough to actually have to say something is isn't that the really the two sides of that coin to the argument he was trying to make i think so i i i I, so in the beginning i suppose and he did get emotional once or twice. It looked like he was crying at one point. Um, and yeah, yeah, I had a thought listening to that part when he's talking about his, when he reportedly he said the other night he and his daughters were praying and they said they were going to yeah, pray we, for Dr. Ford. Yeah, we have that clip next too. Um, okay. And I'll be, I mean, I just thought, you know, I think, I, I believe that this man does care about his wife and his children. Sure. And yet I'm thinking yet you're putting yourself and them through this. Mm, I, you know, may, why don't you just withdraw your name so they don't have to go through this anymore? But, of course, he's not going to because he's obviously very hungry for this well, job. You know, and I know, you know, the idea is, you know, you got to keep your reputation if you become a Supreme Court justice after that, like Clarence Thomas, you're just... Then you know you got the job and you're kind of you know vindicated by the position that you're in. Um, I, I just don't know whether this does that at that point. And and the, you know like we talked about, completely different allegations. I think period. Um, you know engaging in, in in some of these allegations are 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 totally different than than what Thomas was accused of. Um, mm-hmm. And you know I mean nobody's saying he can't stay being a a judge or or going back into private practice i mean <laughs> as long as he as long as he continues to deny there will be somebody who will hire him i think you know and that's just the the basic facts of the world we live in i don't think he's gonna end up having to work at arby's well right he could go back to his very cushy lower court job ironically in which he serves with merrick garland and and he was also a uh, he was also law clerked um, with um, uh, Neil Gorsuch. Right. I mean, and now you know. Interestingly enough, it's a Catholic magazine has rescinded its endorsement of Kavanaugh, who is Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know, the ABA, which gave him a qualified rating, now says you know we need to have an investigation of this. This is you know, there's just there's there's too much at, at risk here. But I. I just thought his attempts, to some degree, you know, to to maybe, you know, play on people's emotions about what he was going through. I'm not. I, I just don't know if it worked. I don't. I don't think it did. Um, and well, you know, maybe you're going to play another clip where, to me, he really went off the deep end. I don't know if you were going to, but you know, I think we all, you know, know the one I'm referring to, where I think it just completely. Uh, you know, it destroyed any case he was trying to make. You know, and to uh, and and to uh, butcher Shakespeare, um, 
the Kavanaugh doth protest too much, methinks. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let's go to our next clip. Um, and um, uh, it's Ford um, kind of detailing some of the exact um, uh, allegations he had she, mm-hmm. or, or has. When I got to the small gathering, people were drinking beer in a small living room, family room type area on the first floor of the house. I drank one beer. Brett and Mark were visibly drunk. Early in the evening, I went up a very narrow set of stairs leading from the living room to a second floor to use the restroom. When I got to the top of the stairs, I was pushed from behind into a bedroom across from the bathroom. I couldn't see who pushed me. Brett and Mark came into the bedroom and locked the door behind them. There was music playing in the bedroom. It was turned up louder by either Brett or Mark once we were in the room. I was pushed onto the bed and Brett got on top of me. He began running his hands over my body and grinding into me. I yelled, hoping that someone downstairs might hear me. And I tried to get away from him, but his weight was heavy. Brett groped me and tried to take off my clothes. He had a hard time because he was very inebriated and because I was wearing a one-piece bathing suit underneath my clothing. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. This is what terrified me the most and has had the most lasting impact on my life. It was hard for me to breathe, and I thought that Brett was accidentally going to kill me. Wow. No, it's, again, she sounded credible, and it was, again, just extraordinary to listen to this woman who's, again, her story didn't shift at all. Um... So, and I, I, I should have mentioned earlier, believe it or not, even Donald Trump himself said she sounded credible. Right, right, right. I mean, you which, couldn't you couldn't argue with her feeling of credibility. I, I, I mean, I, no one did in that crazily partisan environment. They still refrained from trying to say that what she said happened didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and and that was the argument. I think that's going to be played maybe in the next clip. Um, and, and But I know that, that the argument that Kavanaugh said was, yeah, th- that probably happened to her, but it wasn't me. Right. Do you find that to be credible? I'm sorry, you mean that Kavanaugh said that? Yeah. yeah no, no. No, okay. he, no, no I, Kavanaugh I, did say a... that, but I mean, do you find that argument to be credible that she remembers everything else everyone believes that that event likely or i mean most of them say and even kavanaugh basically said that he does think that it happened to her but that it wasn't him mm-hmm. I, I know i i, I mean that's that's, the, that's his right. argument i mean i'm just saying that's i mean when you know when it comes down to the argument of whether it happened or didn't happen um that's what it comes down to because people mm-hmm. seem to be saying that they believe her. I mean, and when I say people, I mean the people who's, who are basically still supporting Kavanaugh um, think that 
she, you know, that probably happened to her. And most likely, you know, and a lot of them say that it did, it, it did happen to her, but that it wasn't him. That's where the argument has to be at this point. And it just doesn't seem to fly. I mean, she yeah. would remember everything else, but, not, but and, and she also called him Brett. She didn't call him Mr. Kavanaugh. She called him Brett every time. Right. I, I just, I, I think his, that kind of defense is, is weasel words, uh, to, you know, to the extreme. And I don't think it would work in, in standard court of law. You know, and, so, and, and, you know, and from you know, someone... I was there, but, you know, I didn't see that happen or probably it happened, but not because I was there. Well, if you know what happened, then what else do you know about it? I, and that's a thought that comes to my mind. You know, and, you know the, and the, and the, and the whole scene was horrible. Um, it, 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 it was like, I mean, that she painted, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh and I are, I are about six years apart. He's about six years older than I am, and um, it do, it seems like a bad nineteen eighties movie. Um, what you know about 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 prep school life at the time? I mean, I'm, again, I'm a public school kid out in Arizona. It's a little bit different than prep school in the Northeast. But friends that I had, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. you know, kind of describe that that was the prep school life in the eighties. It it seems you know, I mean, of course, it's a stereotype. But it, but it it's not anything that 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 you know that it it was it was it was criticized at the time except for those people that were living that sort of prep school life that that Yale um, eventually you know you're going to Yale those kinds of guys um, it seemed highly credible just in the situation um, and, and I think I've seen I saw that scene in '80s movies um, not to say that that's what she was projecting but that. That's kind of the way things were. People sometimes thought, especially, you know, uh, you know, prep school Northeast, that was still the tradition, as horrid as it is. All that seems to make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a world of privilege and entitlement. Um, you know, I suspect, you know, another reason Trump likes Kavanaugh is because he sees a lot of himself in it. Somebody who's grown up protected all of his life and, uh, you know, pulled out of jams by other people uh, and, you know, does not understand the the, str- the struggles that ordinary folks have to go through. Yeah, except Trump would never um, have been able to get into Yale. Maybe you, Penn, with, well, a, no, with a big endowment. You know, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying that, you know, this is the world and the bubble in which these people live. And for some reason, they just think they're entitled to everything and every job and absolutely no accountability. Um, Sadly, for the last year and a half, we've been dealing with that with Donald Trump still being in office. Well, let's get a feel Uh, of that now and also the response from Kavanaugh. Um, Because, you know, obviously we're playing these um, back and forth. It didn't really happen that way. But um, it's, it's basically Ford... We just played Ford kind of, um, you know, talking about what happened and then Kavanaugh answering that and then kind of setting things up. And this is also where he gets um, a little off. And um, um, let's 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 hear what Kavanaugh had to say about the allegations made. I was not mm-hmm. at the party described by Dr. Ford. This confirmation process has become a national disgrace. The Constitution gives the Senate an important role in the confirmation process, but you have replaced advice and consent with search and destroy. 
Since my nomination in July, there's been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, anything, to block my confirmation. I'm not questioning that Dr. Ford may have been sexually assaulted by some person in some place at some time. But I have never done this to her or to anyone. That's not who I am. It is not who I was. I am innocent of this charge. I intend no ill will to Dr. Ford and her family. The other night, Ashley and my daughter Liza said their prayers. And little Liza, all 10 years old, said to Ashley, we should pray for the woman. We should pray for the woman. Hmm. Uh, maybe they did. Um, but I, I think, and I don't know if you were going to play the clip in which he begins blaming Bill and Hillary Clinton and the left for what's going on with him, which is, you know, it's, it's a typical straw man tactic. It's also, to some degree, I almost wonder if there's some projection there. And there's a grand irony, because 20 years ago, Brett Kavanaugh was on Ken Starr's team investigating every little detail about Bill Clinton's personal life. And he, you know, if you've looked at news reports, he wanted to ask Bill Clinton incredibly personal, sexually related questions. I, I see there is, again, it's, it's very ironic that a man that, you know, aired all of Bill Clinton's dirty laundry out for the world to see is now having his dirty laundry aired. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that. I don't, I, I don't have that clip, but, um, you know, you're right. It, it, it was, I think it leads to the whole, you know, feeling that uh, his temperament isn't there to be a Supreme Court justice. Um, no, when uh, almost point. in the entire um, uh, part of that clip that we play, the entire uh, uh, ranting, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, I guess, um, uh, when he was talking about it was a sham, um, he was only looking at the left side of that uh, committee room. He was staring right. exactly at Diane Feinstein. He was looking into their eyes, basically saying, you know, you know, you know, putting them down at that point. I think you need, like in his opening statement, he was lawyerly. And if you think that a guy who has been an attorney for as long as he has doesn't know that who he's looking at when he's making statements is just as important as what he's saying, um, then, you know, you, you don't understand the dynamic of the situation. He was, I you know, I would think that you can't go along with him just because you think his impartiality has now been compromised. Um, because he's, it's been too much of a tough confirmation for him. Um, and, you know, like we had talked about before, I think a better performance by Kavanaugh instead of anger and a better feeling from Graham besides anger and would have gone a lot more longer way to the Republicans just steamrolling this thing and hoping that that time would heal it. Um, I, you know, you know, to me, they, they, you know, they stuck their foot in a bucket and then stepped in right another one. You know, I don't think that they did anything. You know, we know that most of them are fine with going through without caring about these allegations. 
Most of the Republicans on the committee and most of the Republicans in the Senate are fine with these allegations and still voting him through. It was just the few. And those, the way the reaction that he had um, and the reaction that Graham had, which we'll play later, um, just plays into that, that it it gave that crack of light, I think, that ability for it to change and this delay that we have today. And maybe he doesn't get to 51 um, next week, the week after, or whenever it gets there. Yeah, I... Again, I just, I think it's, uh, there's no guarantee, well, no, there's never a guarantee for anything in life, but I, I don't know if anybody really can predict how this is going to turn out. No. There are several things that could happen, okay? He right. could get confirmed, or maybe just maybe there'll be 51 senators who decide this isn't worth it, um, and especially for Republicans who are very nervous about this November's election. And, you know, or it could be either Trump withdraws Kavanaugh's name because today he made a comment that sounded like he was wavering on the guy a little bit. But, of course, given that Trump, you know, can't seem to hold one single thought in his head for five seconds, he could turn around and change his mind. But, uh, you know, it, it could be that Trump, maybe, maybe just maybe Kavanaugh, whatever his arrogance Decides, you know, this I this just isn't worth it anymore, and I'm I'm done. And yeah, he, decides to take his name out of the running. Um, you know, you um, mentioned arrogance, and I would like to, um, you know, kind of point out that I think you, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit. It seemed like he was just like, "What are you doing? Don't you know who I am? I'm supposed to be a Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. and just get out of my way." Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. Agree. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly think it shows any respect for the institution. And no, no, this is doing so much damage, not only to the Supreme Court, which has already been, you know, tarnished over the years to some degree. Um, it's certainly not doing any Congress any favors, not doing the Republicans any favors, especially again, as I said, they're looking at most likely losing the House at this point, and they may just lose the Senate now, too. And I will say, I think if some of them vote for Kavanaugh, I think that that increase, that you know raises the stakes that they will lose control of the Senate. Um, and I just the psychological damage that's being done to this country, especially on the part of so many women voters who are nervous about what this guy would do once he's on the bench. Because, I mean, one thing I, you know, I'm sorry... Another, uh, you know, uh, criticism of Kavanaugh, he just seems like a very vengeful individual. Mm. And you get a feeling that that's how he's going to rule once he's on the court as well. Right, right, right. Well, let's hear about... It's just another example of how unpleasant the last year and a half has been when you have a really horrible actor at the top and then... You know, the group that's supposed to hold them accountable does nothing because they're scared to death of that, you know, that bad actor's followers. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's basically where we are in a nutshell right now. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to say. Oh, no, no, no. Um, let's hear um, what Dr. Ford said. I believe this clip is about her motivations. Okay. Brett's assault on me drastically altered my life for a very long time. I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I did not want to tell my parents that I at age 15 was in a house without any parents present, drinking beer with boys. 
I convinced myself that because Brett did not rape me, I should just move on and just pretend that it didn't happen. Over the years, I told very, very few friends that I had this traumatic experience. I told my husband before we were married that I had experienced a sexual assault. I had never told the details to anyone, the specific details, until May 2012 during a couple's counseling session. So that's what she lived with. Um, and that's why it wasn't out there. I mean, it kind of leads to the thing that I think that Kavanaugh was talking about. It never had all these times he had been investigated, all this other times. Well, she just never really said anything about it. Um, but that changes um, the kind of person he is, don't you think? I mean, just because you don't find out about it for a long time, does that make anything any different? Right. Look, you know, I, I'm so tired of that argument. Well, if this, why did you take her so long to come forward? Anybody who has, you know, if they've been paying any attention at all over the last few decades, realize the societal attitudes on this have changed greatly. And there was, look, there was a time when women could be sexually harassed at work and anywhere else and not face any, any, there wouldn't be any consequences for the perpetrator. I can tell you my late mother told me stories of men you know, coming on to her at work. And in one case, it ended up with a gentleman chasing her around a desk, trying to have his way with her. Uh, you know, we, we, we saw with Harvey Weinstein and how the Me Too movement began from that, that, you know, the culture there, and yes, Hollywood is mostly liberal, so that doesn't mean they get off the hook for this. Um, and now that's starting to change, hopefully for the better. We have a man in the White House who, by all accounts, is a sexual predator. And, you know, we had one who, in the past, 20 years ago, who acted badly on more than one occasion, but at least he was held accountable once. He was impeached. And, you know, to some degree, Bill Clinton's reputation never really recovered from that. And, and, uh, and, and, and don't we have to also acknowledge that this is not, um, this is somebody who's trying to become a Supreme Court justice with an, with an appointment for life. And that's when some of these things have to come into the public sphere. Um you know, if it happens to her um, and he just ends up becoming a private attorney somewhere, she goes to a newspaper, they say, so? You know, it's just some guy working there. We can't do anything about it. We're going to run it in the paper and no one's going to really care unless he's high profile or he does something else. Say he was a, a car salesman. No, Everyone's going to be like, oh, so this car salesman 35 years ago, now this is a personal thing. And that's where it changes, I think. I mean, and you have to deal with it personally. No one's devaluing it, but it becomes a public story when the person that the allegation is made against is a nominee for the Supreme Court, right? I mean, that's where it seems like some people get lost in this whole thing. You know, it's it still matters as much to her. It still matters as it still is important to I think an element to somebody's character. But when they become when they're running or being nominated, you know, if you're running for office or you're being nominated for a, a, a job like the Supreme Court justice, that's when it becomes public. Right, and it, you know, it doesn't matter when it happened. It, it, it seems to me, just from everything I've read and heard about this, that this woman's story, excuse me, this woman's story is credible. Uh, and Kavanaugh has not done a particularly good job of answering it. Um, so, you know, again, we are back to he said, she said, with 
more evidence being on the she said side in this case. Well, let's go to the next clip, which I think then is is something that is very interesting about this case. And it's that there supposedly is a witness and it's not just a he said, she said. It could be a he, he said um, or a uh, he, she against he said. Um, Sorry for the verbal dynamics, gymnastics. But um, there is uh, uh, Mark Judge um, uh, wrote a book. Um, We're going to get to that as well. Um, uh, There's some information here. Um, This is Senator Leahy, I believe, talking about Judge and about Kavanaugh's appearance in the book, which I think also lays to the fact that someone should have known that Kavanaugh had a rather lively prep school life. Um, Let's play the clip and and then we'll talk about it. If she's saying Mark Judge was in the room then, then he should be in the room here today. Uh, Would you want him called as a witness? Senator, this allegation came into the committee. No, no, I'm just asking the question. Would you want him to be here as a witness? He's he's already provided sworn testimony to the committee. This allegation's been hidden by the committee, by by members of the committee. It hasn't been... It has not been investigated by the FBI. The committee has refused to allow it to be. It was dropped on me. It was sprung. It was not investigated by the FBI, and he has not been called where he might be on. Should have been handled in the due course, Senator, no, then, when he came I, in. I would uh, I would disagree with that. I've been on this committee 44 years, both Republicans and Democrats. I've never seen somebody that critical and not allowed to be here to uh, called to be testified or an FBI background, but let he me said he's provided sworn testimony, and the and uh, he he, has, senator, he has not senator, been. let me let me finish. He uh, the 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 allegation came in weeks ago, and and nothing was done with it by the ranking member, uh, and then it sprung Judge, on me. Judge Kavanaugh, I've heard your your line, and you you stated over and over again, and uh, I have that well in mind. But let me ask you this: He authored a book titled "Wasted Tales of a." Gen X drunk. He references a Bartle Kavanaugh vomiting in someone's car during Beach Week and then passing out. Is that you that he's talking about? Senator, uh, Mark Judge uh, was... Uh, your knowledge, is that you that he's talking about? I'll explain if you let me. Pro- proceed, please. Mark Judge was a friend of ours in high school who developed a very serious drinking problem an addiction problem that lasted decades and was very difficult for him to, to escape from. And uh, he nearly died. And then he developed, then he had leukemia as well on top of it. Now, as part of his therapy or part of his coming to grips with sobriety, he wrote a book that is a fictionalized book uh, and an account. I think he picked out names of friends of ours to throw them in as kind of close to what for characters in the book, so, so you know you we can sit what, here. We don't can, know whether that's you or not. We can sit here and you like make, make fun of some guy who has an addiction. I'm not making I don't think fun that of really makes uh, is really good. I'm trying to get a straight answer from you under oath. Are you Bart Kavanaugh that he's referring to? Yes or no? That's you'd have to ask him. Well, I agree with you there. You. <laughs> he got him at the end. He said, well, you'd have to ask him. And what he's talking about is that he needed to be testifying as well. Um, so right. we have this he said, she said. There's a witness. 
but he doesn't come to the hearing, um, and, and, and you don't really know what he says. Then to the other point of somebody should have had some indication that Kavanaugh was um, one of those prep school guys that drank too much and thought he was entitled, um, and again, my own, my own bias uh, notwithstanding, um, but it was even in this book, um, you know, that there was a character called Kavanaugh or Bart, or they called him Bart or something like that. Um, but he was, you know, uh, got so drunk, he puked in the back of somebody's car and blacked out. Um, how important do you think that whole thing was? And will it change? Kavanaugh tried to say, oh, you want to make fun of a guy with a problem. That's, that's sort of what he said. Um, uh, but you know, doesn't someone, um, and, and don't you think it, it, it serves a necessity now to have, have Mr. Judge, uh, you know, you know, speak publicly. He said he's willing to do it confidentially. He doesn't want to do it in, in, in public. Do you think that flies anymore? That he won't, he'll testify only in private? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, like we had talked about before, he basically has to unless he's going to testify into, inside, you know, in, you know, to the full Senate, which likely won't happen. It's just kind of what they do. It's their procedure. They usually take testimony only in committee. Um, but is that the, in, in, would that, would that have been the important ingredient to make maybe yesterday have a result quicker? if he was able to be there? I mean, and, and what do you think of just him not being required to be there yesterday when the allegation was made? Well, I, you know, first of all, I mean, judge should, should be forced to testify, uh, given that he's integral to this. Um, but, you know, look, I think the GOP is going to do, you know, whatever it has to, to, to obfuscate the subject, the, the situation and, um, you know, throw doubt on Ford's story. Uh, if that means trying to protect Judge somehow from a full, you know, a full accounting of his of his whereabouts and what he really knew about this, they're going to do that. Um, will it work? I I don't know. Uh, it, it, again, there's just this is such a fluid situation. It went from this guy's a done deal for sure just about a month ago to, you know, just the other day, oh, his name's going to be pulled any moment to or yesterday, well, when he did his little outburst and Lindsey Graham had his temper tantrum that there's hope for his nomination after all to this morning where Trump seems to be shrugging his shoulders, you know, for whatever reason, we don't really know. Um, I hate to sound this vague on, on this, but just again, watching this whole thing unfold to like any Supreme Court, you know, nomination we've seen in some time, it's, 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 it's mind boggling. And it's, I, it's really tough to know what's going on, you know, to predict this. I, it's just, it's too difficult right so, now. So let's go then back to that other point. Um, and I, I think that thing that was brought up by Senator Leahy there that, uh, could there be much of a surprise? Did anybody really look into or go to talk to any of his high school classmates um, or any of the people at Yale because of obviously his best friend became someone with a major drinking problem and substance abuse problem, then ended up writing a book. So he made a lot of what he went through public. Um, 
And after all of that, was there any discussion? I mean, no one, did they actually, who did they talk to? I mean, but that there, this was there. Do you think how much of a real surprise when you have these other things that are public and out there that it probably, if you, if you, if you, if you poked around hard enough, you would have found uh, Dr. Ford on your own if you're really an investigator um, and going and doing that. Right. It, I, I, again, I, there are, I think there's still so much about how all of this really came to light. That we don't know, yeah. That we don't know. And I, I again, but what I think should have been a red flag early on was when McConnell told the Trump people, I don't know if I have the votes for this guy. Right. That right away. I, I, but, uh, you know, I don't want to repeat myself. You know, we are where we are now. Well, I think we would be remiss if we did not at least run um, the Lindsey Graham uh, tantrum. It's one of the... Go uh, right ahead. um, I think it's going to be, you know, known and seen for for years and decades. Um, Maybe we can talk about how much of a sham his claims of a sham are. Um, But uh, let's hear from the diminutive senator from the Carolinas. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said all of them, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. That you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Um, so, where do you want to start? I... You know, Lindsey Graham, who I, I think Lindsey Graham has so squandered his credibility over the years, it's not even funny. This is a guy who two years ago was deeply opposed to Donald Trump, ran against him in the presidential primary, and of course, you know, Graham's campaign imploded. Nobody took him seriously as a candidate. Um, and, I, you know, I, I just think it's a pattern of his. I think, frankly, that little temper tantrum, too, was an audition to become the next attorney general if Sessions gets fired before the year's end. Um, mm-hmm. And really the biggest, you know, the, I, I, there have been far worse injustices done to people, uh, you know, than what, say, is happening to Brett Kavanaugh. Um, you know, this guy's wealthy, he's privileged, he'll go back to his, you know, cushy judicial job if this doesn't pan out. I, I you know, I just think, I think Graham just made a complete nutter ass out of himself. But I think he was doing it for an audience of one, and that being Donald Trump. Um, I, 
you know, I, I, I listened to it several times, and each time was just more, I don't even want to say infuriating. I thought it was pathetic. You can just see Graham's desperation on this. Um, I know there are, you know, there are more conspiratorial-minded theories that he might be blackmailed. I, yeah, I don't know if I believe that. But I, I, don't think it, I don't think it helped Brett Kavanaugh at all. All it did was just give them some more theatrics and keep the base interested. You know, and that's you my know, take on it. And 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 I I think I don't know if it was you know prior to this podcast or actually during this podcast when we talked about it, but um, the fact that um, the only response that the GOP um, had was that there was you know it was held and sprung on him. Um, but what about the evidence? It's like you're not saying that there's anything there. Um, and I know we had kind of touched on that before, but if you're not saying, if you're saying something is there, then what does it matter when it, when it happened? And if from what, you know, uh, you know, Feinstein and some others are talking about, we don't know when it was actually given to anybody on who she was. We don't know whether the allegation was there. We don't really know the timeline of this information. Um, everything's talked about the secret letter. So that means that maybe they just didn't identify who she was, um, until later, um, but that they knew what was going on. We don't know. We really don't know 100%. But we, just like we were talking about that book, it wasn't a hidden thing that there was something to look at when he was younger, that he obviously drank too much. There could be something. Um, and and even that alone should be some sort of um, knowing idea. It's not so much being sprung on you as now it's being made public and you thought you were just going to get sailed through. And you thought this was going to be done and now you're, you know, now the allegation comes out and you're going, holy crap, we got to do something about it. Um, but it seems like that's the only thing they have left that because most everybody believes Dr. Ford's testimony. Um, and the only thing left is just to, to rail on the process um, and to rail on, you know, uh, other folks. You know, Lady said he's seen it happen before. Um, I don't know. I you, We all know that things come out later that if... Um, they would have said there was somebody with an allegation that all of a sudden it would have went crazy and Ford wasn't sure whether she wanted to testify. And that was what was said a week, week and a half, two weeks ago, whenever this whole scuttlebutt started. Um, and, and, and that story really hasn't changed. So that's what Graham seemed to be like. It was, it was everything wrapped inside of, hey, forget about everything else. Here's the shiny thing. Let's talk about how the Democrats are subverting the process. But does that really matter when it comes to what the allegation is? Yeah, I, uh, again, I, I, when you just, when you think of the other qualified nominees that the Trump people could have put forward, and of course it was Don McGahn who picked Brett Kavanaugh in the first place as another little tidbit of, of, you know, just how, how weird this all is. But they could have picked somebody like Amy Coney Barrett, who is very conservative, but doesn't seem to have any ground issues. There are countless other nominees, and they, you know, the Graham is Graham would have had to have his little hissy fit over, who would have sailed right on through to confirmation, and would probably be ready, be fitted for their robes as we speak, as we're almost at October first. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, you know, we've talked about this. I just it. We know probably why Trump really wanted this guy, and it's not working out the way that he and, and 
his enablers thought it was going to. Could they still somehow rescue it? You know, maybe. But I, I just, I, you know, this is just a bad faith operation altogether. Yeah, and I think, and, you know, the fact that, that the only really, I think, win or, or m- momentum that the uh, Republicans had was, was Graham's hissy fit, I think, shows really the position that they're in at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're like Graham was, an, an animal trapped in the corner lashing out. And I think that's the only thing they got left to save the nomination. And, um, I, I, you know, with, with, with Trump's comments, at least earlier, it seems like he wouldn't necessarily have a problem if, if, if Kavanaugh said, I don't want to do it anymore. It seems like at this point, Kavanaugh's like, I'm not late. I'm, I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm going to deny, deny, deny until you reject me. And then I'll blame you. Um, right. so, well, you know, I guess we can see, um, what ends up happening. Um, It'll be a long week. <laughs> so um, the last two clips that we have are finally the things that kind of break into light about what happened today. So this is we're still playing a testimony from yesterday, um, but how it played in today. Um, and the next one is um, Senator Durbin talking about an FBI investigation um, and uh, the fact that even if he would ask um, um, Don McGahn, the White House counsel, to request the FBI do this, which is the, usually the procedure um, uh, on how these things get started at the White House. Um, so let's let's let, let let's play what how uh, Kavanaugh reacted to whether he was um, welcoming of an FBI in investigation. If you, Judge Kavanaugh, turn to Don McGahn and to this committee and say, for the sake of my reputation, my family name, and to get to the bottom of the truth of this, I am not going to be an obstacle to an FBI investigation. I would hope that all the members of the committee would join me in saying, we're going to abide by your wishes, and we will have that investigation. I I welcome whatever the committee wants to do, because I'm telling the truth. I want to know what you want to do. I'm telling the truth. I want to know what you want to do, Judge. I'm innocent. I'm innocent of this charge. And you're prepared for an FBI investigation? They don't reach conclusions. You reach the conclusion. No, Senator. but they do investigate questions. I'm, I'm and innocent. you can't have it both ways, Judge. You can't say here at the beginning, I wanted a hearing moment, Look, I welcome thing, any kind of investigation. This thing was sprung on me. This. this thing was sprung at the last minute after being held by staff. You know. Judge? And I called, for, no I called for a to, hearing immediately. If there is no truth to her charges... The FBI investigation will show that. Are you afraid that they might not? Come on, Jay Whip. The FBI does not reach. Con- you know, you know this is. You know that's a phony well, question here, because well, the FBI doesn't reach conclusions. So let, they just provide the 302s. With 302s, so I can explain to people who don't know what that is. What? They just go and do what you're doing. Yeah. Ask questions and then type up a report. They don't reach the bottom this line. Morning. In the end, there's like. Well. Um, he wouldn't say that he wants an FBI investigation. Do you think he's uh, a little afraid of what the conclusion might be? I, I think so. I mean, again, I you know there there's certain things Kavanaugh could have done maybe to clear this up better, and he hasn't. Um, so it's again, this is just a really compromised bad nominee. Um, I. Yeah, I'm just, I should be, you know, shouldn't be astonished by any of this, but I can't help but be astonished by it. You know, this um, is, is his continual, this is sprung on me, um, uh, stuff, um, didn't fly with me. Um, 
you shouldn't be upset that it was sprung on you. I mean, you what you have to you know be upset about is that um, who might follow you, and do you want future Supreme Court justices to be held to that regard, or do you want everybody to just get sailed through because uh, somebody wants you for your policy decision? Um, I don't know. It 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 just seemed like a very um, you know he he. You know, you have to welcome all that you can get. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, you know, if he, he didn't have politicians voting for him, he already would have lost. You know, if this was, if this was him running for a U.S. senator in in in, in Texas, even, um, or uh, or in Alabama, he loses, um, with this kind of allegation and that kind of testimony and his his sort of actions. But he can get politicians to vote for him because it's a political battle. Um, right. I mean, I don't know. That's the way I see it. Um, but he just thinks he's entitled, I think, now to the seat. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. Um, and but then apparently there's one quick thing. The White House is ordering the FBI to do a limited investigation. So well, that, you know, that's pretty interesting. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Um, it, uh, then the last the last clip before we uh, you know kind of end this today and then I'm sure we'll be back. Let's make sure we do one next week um, and we'll figure out the proper timing because this week we waited to the end of the week to actually get the uh, uh, Kavanaugh hearing in for our podcast because that's what we wanted to talk about. Um, but the last thing is the that ray of light we talked about, which ended up being Jeff Flake today, which then made it so it wasn't going to keep going in the FBI investigation. It didn't just get steamrolled. Um, so let's talk about what Flake mentioned yesterday, which made it clear that there was um, some light that there might be impact um, on, on, on it just happening uh, and going through today. And um, here is Jeff Flake yesterday. In the end, there is likely to be as much doubt as certainty going out of this room today. And that as we make decisions going forward, I, I hope that people will recognize that. And in the rhetoric that we use and the language that we use going forward, that we'll recognize that, that there is doubt. Um, once you have doubt, um, to me, when you're doing advice and consent, uh, you know, if I put myself in any um, GOP shoes at this point, uh, uh, doubt means I can't confirm a, 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 man, a man, woman, anybody, um, a dog to Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I have doubt that a dog's going to bite me, I'm not letting him in my house, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, obviously, um, from what what Flake said yesterday, it gave people a lot of uh, encouragement. And then later, uh, in, or especially earlier today, he said he was going to vote to move it out of committee. Um, we know that, right. that, that, that that couldn't have been the whole story. He could have been holding all along that he was going to say, I'm doing this based upon this, but he didn't want to make it public until he was in the committee. No one knows that for sure. Again, the palace intrigue behind the scenes is probably twice as exciting as anything that we're seeing publicly. Um, um, but, it, you know, it actually came to fruition. Um, at least there's at least there's a there's going to be a tomorrow here on on the nomination and not the uh, confirmation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, Karen. Well, um, yes, I understand it. So again, I just it's you know it's I don't mean to be kind of short on words. I I, I guess it's just there's you know there comes there comes a point where there's just you don't even know what to make of this. Yep. 
what's going on. And that is honestly my reaction. Um, I, it's like I said, it's going to be a long week. So I think we're going to have a collective holding of breath. <laughs> Uh, you know, especially if the FBI does find more information. Yep. Well, Karen, thanks again. Um, we'll be back Thank next you. week at some point um, just to talk about the developments of what's been going on. And um, we also have an election coming up in a little while. So maybe we'll talk about some yep. of that, too. Um, you know, we didn't get to a chance to talk about uh, Donald Trump being laughed at the U.N., but I'm sure there'll be some new foible which will occur between now and next week so karen thanks again for your insights um on these issues and others thank you and thank you so much to all the listeners we'll see you next time everybody